too. And um, certainly appreciate <clears throat> all the work that was done um, in, in our absence. And um, Brother Josh did a great job with the yards and um, the folks cleaning up here and, and even Lauren subbed in for Teresa and uh, took care of some things around here and so I am I am thankful for that and I just want to let you know this is this is your church and I think that all of us need to have something where we say this is ministry this is my calling this is my responsibility this is what I do and uh, you look good this morning fairly large swath of people that are out sick today and um, whenever I started totaling up in my mind I thought my goodness uh, we have got a lot of people that are going to be out today but looking around it's a great congregation here this morning Uh, we do need to pray for those that are sick and um, I think for those of us that have have gone through all of the ordeal we know that what you do is you just hang on and you just hang on for the ride and in three or four or five days or so you kind of get over the hump I mean it's a rough ride for some uh, some have managed to get by pretty easily but there are others that you know what it's like and so we pray that those that now have tested positive that the Lord would touch and minister uh, in their lives Isaiah chapter 2, and I'd like to read one verse of Scripture to you, and I would like to read verse 2. The Bible says, And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. That is a great, great verse. And I'm going to preach to you here for, um, I'm going to say a few minutes, um, about the future. Let's ask the Lord to touch our hearts here today. Lord, I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for your spirit. I'm thankful, Lord, for God already, the singing, the praying the teaching. Lord, I have felt the encouragement, Lord, of the Spirit, God, not only spiritually, but physically as well. And I'm asking you, Lord, today that you would take this Word and that you would somehow, God, bore it into our minds and in our spirits. Lord, there are those of us that are here that our hearts are troubled and concerned, Lord, about the direction of the future and yet your word always Lord has the ability to encourage and to comfort and to help us to know Lord the direction that you are going and I'm asking you Lord today God that you would take this word and you would use it Lord to impact our lives in Jesus name we pray amen amen you may be seated I'm going to preach to you again about uh, the future. And if you are familiar at all with the book of Isaiah, 
Isaiah is one of the longest of the Old Testament prophets uh, that we read about. And there is a thread, and it goes through not only through Isaiah, but it goes through most of the prophets, uh, even those that at times there may be a thought that these prophets are, are, judge, are judging uh, not only a nation, but they're looking at the world. And there's times whenever we have a tendency to think that the prophets were merely for judgment, and yet woven through all of them, there is a strand or a thread of promise that there is a Messiah that's coming and that there is something that that Messiah is going to do. And if you look at the book of uh, the, the writings of, of Isaiah, you would uh, say that that messianic prophecy that, uh, that they were looking for for that Savior, it, it's woven through uh, much of the writings of Isaiah. And I guess the chapter that may stand out the most is Isaiah 53, where that uh, we see what is called the suffering servant, the suffering Messiah, the price that uh, is going to be paid for uh, our redemption and, and the blood that would be applied to uh, our lives at what Isaiah was talking about would be at a future point. And, and there are areas even in uh, the book of Isaiah that speaks of the millennium, that there will be a time where that there will be indeed a physical millennial reign of Christ, where that the Lord will sit uh, on a throne and he will rule this world uh, as he promised throughout, even the promise that was given uh, to Abraham back in the book of Genesis. But this verse that I read to you here this morning, this verse, it would belong in, in what uh, some would say is, is the winner's circle. It's a verse that uh, if you take it and you pull it out, that you can say that there is a high watermark that comes from this particular verse. And I, again, I would confess to you that, that my mind has been drawn to the direction of, of, uh, of our nation and our world in the last uh, few months. And that's not been, that's been the case again this week that you look to what has taken place in our world and there is a sense of, of uncertainty. But God has every bit of this in his hands. God is sovereign. That means that God is completely in control of every detail, not only of our nation, but of every nation in our world. That there is a rule of God, that God will rule over men. And not only can we say that God is ruling globally, I believe that even here this morning, that in this congregation, that even locally, that the Lord is working out the details of our life. And it's important that we take that song that the praise team sang here just a few minutes ago, that we surrender to God whatever God is calling us to do and 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 so again looking at the sovereignty of God but but this verse here it talks to me and speaks to you as well that there is some positive things there are some positive things that that
that they will take place in the future. And, and Isaiah writes it like this. Notice what he says there. He says, it shall come to pass. He's not saying that I think it's going to come to pass. I, I really want it to come to pass. But Isaiah is coming along and he's saying that under the anointing of the Spirit that God had impressed on his life and his heart that there was really a part to say that it will come to pass. It shall be at that part that his name, that his kingdom is going to be exalted above all of the kingdoms of this world. Times, it may look, we can look around and we can think that the times that we're in might dispute or might argue with what Isaiah is having to say. We can say that even though through the uncertainty that's taking place in various cities around our nation and around our world. In our mind, we can think that, Lord, are, are you certain that this is going to take place? But Isaiah comes along and he says, I'm gonna tell you something. You can put confidence and trust that it shall take place. It is gonna take place in our world here. Micah, he echoes that in Micah chapter four. He comes along and he says it like this, beginning in verse one. He said, but in the last days, it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord is gonna be established in the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. And many nations shall come and say, come and, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem and he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off. And then after that judgment, here is what takes place. They're gonna beat their swords into plowshares and their spears will be turned into pruning hooks and nation shall not lift up a sword against Nathan, nation neither shall they learn war anymore. I find that's pretty remarkable that even this week that Kim Jong-un over in North Korea that there was a parade there and there were several intercontinental ballistic missiles that he wanted to parade in front, I'm sure, not only of just his nation, but he wanted the world to see that, that look at here, look at my strength and look at what I might be able to do. And yet Micah comes along and he says, I'm gonna tell you something. There's coming a day whenever those missiles are gonna be turned into rototillers and they're gonna be turned into tractors and there's coming a time where that all of the dictators and the despots of this world that they will have a responsibility to bow down to the Lord Jesus Christ and recognize him as God. Now they may not somehow, uh, they may not be saved, but they will at some point. It's what Paul says in Philippians that they will at some point that they will give their obedience to him.
And so it is that Isaiah, with this encouraging message that he brings to us here this morning, but you say, well, uh, when is that going to take place? Well, the scriptures tells us that. He tells us that it shall come to pass in the last days. That refers to a time on God's uh, calendar. And I know that there's a lot of time that, that is given to various points of, of those that, that look at prophecy according to what scripture would have to say. There are those that we fall into the category of, of believing as dispensationalists, that we believe that God, or I believe, I don't know if you, but I'm assuming you believe in that way, that God, he operates with men in certain ways, in certain levels, in different times and eras of history. There are others that they would say that there is a covenantal view where that God establishes covenants with people and then he follows through according to that covenant but whatever way that you look at, at end time prophecy you have to realize that as Paul said to Timothy in first Tim, or 2 Timothy 3 that, that there are perilous times that's coming that there's all sorts of things that are taking place in our world and, and Isaiah gives reference. He said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, it's going to be in the last days, but that again ought to be an encouragement to every one of us that we should not fear whether uh, what way an election may go or what laws may be passed or who is going to be put into the Supreme Court or, or what's going to take place even here in the state of Alabama. We ought to realize that every bit of this thing has been predetermined by God and that there is a way and a path and a direction that every single one of us are going to walk out and walk through. And the last days, we have to keep those on our schedule as well. The problem is, is this, is that there are so many that they don't want to keep the last days on their schedule. They, they want to live their lives in a way that has zero reflection or zero responsibility to say that, uh, that, that I need to live my life in a certain way. And I would even say this here today, that religion can totally corrupt what people think and believe about what God is and who God is. If you don't believe that, then just look at Jesus and his relationship that he had with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were men that were literally choked by their religion. But that same thought comes through in our generation as well because here's what people want to say. Well, my mother or my grandmother mama or my granddaddy believe like this but when you point out to the scriptures and then you begin to ask the question have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe that's the same question that Paul asked in Acts chapter 19 whenever he came to John's disciples and they said you know what we, we've been to what baptism have you been baptized we've been baptized under John's baptism and then Paul asked 
them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And that is what we've got to understand, that in the last days, then there will be all different kinds of flavors and ideas about salvation, but there is a pointing that tells us what do these scriptures have to say, and that's this, is that you must be born again. There can be a temptation for us to compromise whenever we're faced with the adversity of evil, and I uh, took with me, I know you're surprised at this, but I took a bag of books with me over to St. Simon's, and, and I was reading a book that, that the theme of that book is about compromise, and it started talking about how that, that there's times where that, that people in their personal lives, that they can start easing up in some areas that they uh, used to hold dear to in years past, and, and they make a decision, and then they make another decision, and each one of those small decisions brings them to a place where that they move away in their relationship with God. And the man that was writing the book was a pastor, and he said, I've even recognized this even in churches, that there are churches that whenever they begin to move in a direction of compromise, that they would say, oh, well, we can leave off this, and we can move away from that. That at the end of the day, by the time five or ten years have passed away, that, that there is no real way to even recognize what that church used to be and what that church used to stand for. There's a temptation in our generation for you to compromise and for you to ease up. Church, we can't afford to do that in our day. There's gotta be still, and I don't wanna just say it's old-fashioned church. There's still gotta be a vibrant relationship that you have with God. There's still gotta be something on the inside of you that says this is the most important thing in my life. And Isaiah says, but listen, it's gonna be in the last days that the Lord is going to set up his throne and set up his kingdom. But he talks about something else. He says, I want to tell you this. He's, you start looking at this place in the future. He talks about a mountain. When you look throughout Scripture, there's uh, sometimes, not every time, but when there's uh, a, a few times where that you begin to see mountain that, that is used as a picture of government. We, we look back, and we were here a few weeks ago in some of our Sunday school lessons. We were talking about uh, the vision that, that Nebuchadnezzar saw, and then Daniel's into interpretation of that and there, there was a mountain that, that he began to see there and, and so there's times where that uh, in the series of all of that, those mountains that they represent human governments but here's what Daniel said, Daniel said that what I saw was a little small stone that was carved out and it come hurtling out of that mountain and it hit the feet of that image and it crushed it so that that image entire 
entirely fell apart. That means that there again is coming a place that the Lord's house is going to be established on the top of the mountains. And I just believe it like this, that it will be an apostolic church. It will be a church, not a united Pentecostal church, not a worldwide Pentecostal church, or not even an independent apostolic church, but it is going to be apostolic in doctrine. That there will be people that have repented of their sins. That they have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And they will have received the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking with tongues and they will live a life that is holy and is separated from this world. It will be apostolic to the core and the mountain of the Lord's house is going to be established. The Bible says in the top of the mountains. And there's something to be said about what uh, Isaiah goes on. It's going to be established there. It's going to be again like uh, that that lighthouse that I mentioned uh, that we saw over at St. Simon's. Uh, it, it's gone through storms. It's gone through uh, dry times. It's gone through all sorts of times. But yet you look at it and it is still standing strong. God is not going to have to overcome so much wickedness as what he has to realize that God's power will prevail against that. It's not just going to be overcome by wickedness but it is going to prevail against every bit of that. And yet the Bible also tells us this, it's going to be exalted. That means that there's going to be some praise. There's going to be some things there where that there will be an exaltation that comes uh, there in the future. And I, I think that that's probably uh, the desire of a lot of pastors and, and spiritual leaders that I come in contact with that what do they want uh, for their local churches? That they want the glory of God to be exalted. They want the name of Jesus to be exalted. They want every bit of the carnality and every bit of the prayerlessness and every bit of the compromise to somehow be pushed away. And they say that whenever we walk in here that we want God in his glory to be exalted. What does that mean? That means that there is a supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is above everything, that there is nothing that the Lord cannot put under his feet. And yet here's something else that I find, and I, I would say that probably this is the thing that, that, that I have been looking for and and I pray that, that you are looking for as well that he concludes that verse. He said all nations are going to flow into it. That talks about the popularity of God. And I was speaking in a Purpose Institute class here just a few a uh, couple of weeks ago and I, I got on this theme about, uh, about just whenever I was a kid that that. And I mentioned the part that uh, whenever I was in high school, my parents took me to a, a general conference in Louisville, Kentucky, probably, I don't know, 1979, maybe 1980. I was 
um, not I don't even know that I was even in high school yet. So uh, sometime in the late 70s, and I walked in that in that room on that Wednesday morning or Thursday morning, whatever morning that it was, and they were recording a, a live harvest time service there. And and uh, they started out, and I looked around. There were several thousand people. You you some of you youth remember what it was like for you to go to your first North American Youth Congress, and you walk in there, and and all of those people are just thundering and in praise of of the Lord Jesus Christ. You you remember us going to Oklahoma City here a few years ago, and and uh, they said we wanted to see whatever we can do with the decibel meter in that place, and everybody was shouting, and uh, they was making more noise in there for the Lord Jesus Christ than what was being made for the Oklahoma Thunder whenever they would go in there and play basketball. And I, I guess as a kid that I always look for that, that there I want there to be a time to come where the, the majority is at a place where that there is a, I, I don't know that popularity is the right word to use, but just that there is a commitment or that there is a desire to be able to see everybody that they somehow worship God with a purity of heart. Then they worship the Lord with a desire that comes from another world that God has placed in their heart and in their life. And Isaiah, he talks about it. He said there's coming a time. He said that all nations are gonna flow into it. I know that today that it seems like that there is not a whole lot that are interested in God, but there will be a time in the future that God in his power, he will rule this entire world, that there will be people that if they even didn't, if they had even a small inclination for the Lord, that they're gonna be on their feet. They're gonna be reaching out with their hands. Their mouth will be open in praise and glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Isaiah said that all nations are gonna flow into that. I believe that that ought to give every one of us here uh, this morning that the, the thought and understanding that the courts of our land are gonna favor God. They're, they're gonna oppose godliness, godlessness. They are, are going to oppose, can, can you, just a profanity? Are you, have you, are you aware that when you go into a public place now that, that I mean, you can be standing in a line and, and Teresa and I were with a group. I don't know if she heard. I didn't say anything to her about it, but the other night we were walking through St. Simon's and we walked through a, a crowd and, and, and there were words that you were hearing people say and, and, and you walk by and you're like, our, our world is just turned into a place where that people don't even care anymore about what comes out of their mouth. Does that bother you? It bothers me, this spirit that I have on the inside of me. That whenever I walk through that and I begin to hear those words that those people are saying, that there is something in my heart that says I have an objection to what they are saying. And then I'm just let me just hit you right now. It's interesting how that we'll let those people talk in our living rooms and we will let we will camp out in front 
run and we'll watch all sorts of stuff that has those kind of words that are coming across. And I do want to tell us here today that we ought to move away from that stuff because if you hear those words on a continual basis, they will affect the way you think. And you may not say those words, but you'll get into a situation where that word is triggered in your heart and in your mind. But Isaiah says there's coming a day that every nation is going to flow into it and they're going to shout. They're going to lift their hands. It's going to be Hosanna. It's going to be praise and glory and honor that is going to come to the Lord our God. And we've got to believe that. You've got to believe that about the future. Now, I know this. I, I'm, I believe that we're in the end times. I just believe that things are unfolding according to the Olivet Discourse that, that the Lord spoke of. There are things that are unfolding even, uh, I mean, you, you'd almost have to be deaf and blind for, for you not to be able to say that there are things that are taking place. And yet the fact of this is that we know that those things are prophetically spoken of. But, but Isaiah, what I read you here this morning, that's just as prophetic as all the challenging times that are going to be taking place. And if there is heart and there is hope that we have here this morning, it ought to plug into that to say, you know what? The devil may look like he's had his day. It may look like that sin is prevailing. But there's coming a time where God's letting every bit of this work itself out. And there's coming a day where that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to have his say and all nations that they will flow into it. And it's going to be a glorious day. I'd like for us to stand here this morning. And I'm just going to keep preaching this to you as, as long as the times are, are like they are, that somehow that, that we cannot allow ourselves to be unsettled with the events that are taking place. Now, now if you are not where you ought to be with God, if you have not, been, if you have not repented of your sins, and you have not been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And some people say, oh, that, that doesn't matter. It matters. It matters. Baptism is essential for salvation. It matters that you've got the Holy Ghost evidence with the initial sign of you speaking with tongues. It matters because I see every bit of that worked down in the book of Acts. And I also say it matters how you and I live our lives. It matters. And yet at the same time, if that spirit is in your heart and in your life, and here's what you've got to realize, that ultimately the Lord is going to let this thing work out. And it's going to be played out. And that ultimately God's going to prevail. And he's going to help every one of us to do his will. That's why you need the church. That's why I need the church. It's to walk in here. And to say, Lord, I want you to touch my life and to touch my spirit.
I want you to minister, Lord, to the needs that I have in my life. And somehow, Lord, help me to be able to give myself to your kingdom. Let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. Lord, we're thankful for your spirit. We're thankful, Lord, for your goodness. And I pray, Lord, today, God, that there would be a work of the Holy Ghost. That, God, that you would bring it, Lord, to every person here in this place. I pray, God, today, that I know, Lord, that even this week, that my mind has been distracted, God, by, Lord, the current events that are taking place. But help me, Lord, to take to heart what you gave to a, to a, a royal prophet, Lord, centuries ago. God, that I could take this word and that it would be an encouragement, God, not only to me, Lord, but I pray that it would be an encouragement to every person in this church. I pray, Lord, that today in Jesus' name. If you'd like to step out of your robe before